The town square was quiet. The moon shone down on four figures, walking slowly. The quiet broke as voices slowly rose from a lighted door at the far end of the square. Nook and knife in, read the sign above the door. The door swung shut as a man stumbled out with his friend, laughing and mumbling while they made their way across the square. Watching the two stumble, the leader of the group, Lundar, led the way to the inn. Pushing the door open, it was only slightly livelier than the square. In the corner, a halfling snoozed over his ale as a tired waitress tried to shake him awake. A ragged boy stoked the fire in the corner, and the barkeep wiped down the counter as he glanced towards the four strangers. If you're looking for food, afraid we're all spent, he calls out as he glances at them. Lundar strode up to the bar, heaving himself onto the stool before patting his beard back into place. Oh, we can do fine without food. All we're looking for is a drink, a bed, and maybe some info. Interested? He asked as he passed a silver piece to the barkeep. A quick swipe later, and they all had drinks. Now, what kind of info are you looking for? Asked the man. Hello, this is How to Be a Better DM. Thanks for listening to today's show. Uh, my name is Tanner Wayland, uh, and I'm very excited to be here and talk with you about how uh, you and I can work to be better DMs. We really appreciate all the support that you guys have given us. Uh, we really look forward to hanging out with you next month uh, for a one-shot. Just a reminder, we're doing those quarterly. We actually do uh, have some plans for maybe doing a special one in October. We'll see. We'll, we'll keep you up, updated on that. Uh, but regardless, look forward to that. If you'd like to get on the list for one-shots afterwards, um, I'm going to have the li a link in the description. All you need to do is sign up uh, for our uh, for our newsletter, and then from there you can sign up pretty quickly. Um, and then in regards to the newsletter, we're just about to send it out for this month. It's going to have you know some thoughts about how we're doing, as well as you know some suggestions, uh, some DM tips, some homebrew homebrew content for you to look into. So definitely sign up for that if you're interested. Uh, we try and keep it simple uh, so that you can you know don't feel burdened by reading our our newsletter but regardless we always love interacting with you guys and getting feedback um, if you ever want to reach out uh, we'll also have uh, the uh, our email and of course we'll have our website link there as well so that you can reach out however you feel like um, so just as i get into the content uh, i want to kind of pose a question to you after all the time that you spend making stories and writing content uh, for your players, does it ever irk you that they kind of get the information and just move on, even though it took you hours and a lot of creativity to come up with it? I'm going to guess that it probably does. It does irk you. It does annoy you that that happens. And that is why I would argue you should be using more handouts. That's right. Today's uh, podcast episode is about handouts and their purpose uh, for a DM and for the players. So 
first off, I, I, I guess that kind of leads right into the first question. What are handouts? Typically, when we talk about it, uh, handouts are physical copies, typically papers, uh, that players are going to be, sorry, DMs are going to be giving players, and it's going to contain information. Sometimes that's written, sometimes it's, you know, maybe it's a puzzle or a map or, or whatever it is. It's just a handout that they can hold on to, they can physically read and study and get information that way. Now, why do you want to do this? So, first off, as I was mentioning before, you spend a lot of time uh, creating these stories. And so with that being said, what would be more possibly annoying than just not having the story, the lore, uh, the character development uh, that you've worked on just get kind of assumed that like, hey, you didn't put that much effort into it. And so handouts counterbalance this by being like, hey, I put the time into actually like putting it down on a sheet a lot of times uh, play DMs will actually like decorate the sheet or like, you know, char the edges like, like you used to do when you were a kid and you're trying to make a pirate map or something, you know, they just little, uh, little things that create an ambiance and really draw the characters in. And it really emphasizes certain pieces of info. Uh, so aside from emphasizing that uh, and creating engagement you're also going to give something that the players can turn back to later, remember earlier sessions, and, and then also study further. And, and so I think the handouts are just wonderful because there's so many ways you can use them. I think the one way that a lot of DMs are used to using them is kind of like as an info dump. Uh, and that's certainly useful, right? Especially if it's a lot of info and it's the kind of info that you know the players are going to need to review again, right? It could be the backstory of a major villain or, oh, the king has given them an order and there's a lot of different parts and you don't want to have to go over it every time and you know they're not going to take enough notes, right? Players often don't and that's okay because that's why a perfect opportunity to make a handout, uh, have it all be fancy, you know, even maybe tie it with a ribbon and a little wax seal, and then, you know, it's from the king and it's got, you know, four bullet points for what they need to do. And it's got flowery language and they're going to get really drawn in and they're going to turn back to that in future sessions. Uh, now, that info dump uh, kind of way or that exposition, sorry, I don't want to I don't want to say info dump because I feel like that's putting it down a little bit. But the expository handouts are certainly important. And you're going to have a lot of those, like journal entries, uh, you know, torn up, uh, crumpled notes that they find in the hands of a victim, uh, or perhaps even, you know, just something that they found uh, at the bottom of a well, like stuck into the side of it. You know, I think that wherever someone's supposed to find handouts, they can, you know, I think that you can really do a lot to dress up the handouts. You know, if if they found it in a bar, you know, maybe uh, just color a little, maybe just spill a little bit of your soda onto uh, uh, onto the handout and kind of imitate, you know, or or just a little bit of beer, just and then let it dry, and then perfect, you've got something that looks like it was just picked up from a bar, just like not too long ago. Uh, 
Um, but, but I also want to break out of this idea that handouts are only expository because they can certainly create ambiance. Now, personally, I am a fan of occasionally uh, using horror in my sessions, not the, for the entire thing, but just certain sections. Now, imagine if you're, you're inside of a castle, um, a castle that a mad duke has been in, and your players are in the duke's bedroom, and they've fought for a while. You know, some of the duke's uh, just the, his corrupted soldiers, and they finally got into this bedroom, and they find a journal. And you, of course, have a handout that's just a page. Now, I think a lot of players are a little self-conscious about their handwriting, but in this kind of scenario that I'm uh, imagining, having bad bad handwriting might actually be great because <laughs> you could just, you know, using a pen or, or whatever else you have, you know, if you happen to have uh, calligraphy pens, that's like obviously great, but, you know, do you? You can certainly make markers or whatever else work for you. But if the Mad Duke's scribblings and rants are all over the page, it doesn't even have to give much info. All it's really showing is like, oh my goodness, this is this is terrifying. This Duke is terrifying. We should be terrified. Hello, this is Tanner, and I wanted to introduce you to the character I'm playing for our live play D&D campaign on the Pact and Boon podcast. His name is Wolfgang Kainstotter. He's a dampier, meaning his father was a vampire and his mother was a human. He was raised in a noble family of vampires that specializes in providing mercenaries for both nobles and criminals, which is where he learned his skills to become a ranger, at least when he wasn't being bullied by his half-siblings. All that changed, of course, when he got sent to the Nine Hells of Calignos, where our story begins. If you'd like to follow along with our adventures, please check out our new live play podcast, Pact and Boon, when it comes out this Friday, the 5th of April, 2024. Go to sessionzerostudios.com forward slash Pact N Boon to get more info. We are so excited to share our adventures with you. Um, and it also is just the perfect thing uh, for you to really bring across how mad and terrifying and crazy this Duke is. And so I think that there's many ways you can use that for ambiance without having to feel like you've got to uh, really get a point across. Instead, you're trying to get a feeling across. Um, now, I think that there's many other ways to use it uh, that are quite creative. I, I was looking it up uh, in preparation for this podcast, and many people enjoy using it to kind of encourage players to study ahead for specific quests. Like, let's say, for example, uh, I, I saw this on uh, D&D Beyond. It had an article on this. And the the DM, in this case, the players were going and they were trying to find some, some carrion crawlers uh, in order to get some pride silk. Uh, well, basically, well, actually, they were trying to create pride silk using the silk of the carrion crawlers. And, and so with that being said, you know, the I think a lot of DMs would just be like, okay, uh, give me a roll. And then they just kind of off the cuff 
tell the players what they think would be useful. Now that's okay, and I'm not saying it's bad, especially if it's on the fly, but if you have time and if you know for a fact that the players are going to be doing this this quest uh, for the carrion crawlers or for the, you know, for the silver, you know, the silver uh, furred wolf or whatever it is, if you know that they're going to be going somewhere specific, tracking someone or something, then having the players do the research in town, giving them a sheet, and then essentially being like, hey, I'm not just going to give you more info you got to do your studying, then that will actually bring, draw the characters in so much more. And so I'm just going to say right now, I think any opportunity that you can, uh, that you can give the players to a chance to really study instead of just doing, uh, a knowledge role, then I think that that's where you're going to get a lot of mileage out of your handouts. Uh, now, you, like I said before, don't kill yourself on, on handouts if it's just, you know, a small little question that they have, but a lot of times it's not. A lot of times, uh, if, if it's like the central part of a quest, then you're going to want to actually emphasize that with a handout. In the inn, Lundar looked around, noting that the halfling was awake and the waitress was tidying the tables nearby. He motioned the barkeep, who had introduced himself as Hamish, close to him before whispering, I was told to seek the call of the wanderer. The fire seemed to flicker brighter as Hamish stared into Lundar's eyes. He sighed and went into the back room before returning and reaching out to shake Lundar's hand. As he did so, he spoke loud and said, but of course I can get you a room, follow me! As they finished shaking hands, Lundar felt his hands grasp a crumpled piece of paper from Hamish. As the four travelers followed Hamish up the stairs, Lundar could not help but look at the crumpled note that the man had just passed him. It was stained with some liquid, and the writing was difficult to read, as if it had been written quickly. As they entered the room, Hamish whispered to them before closing the door. All the info should be in that there note. I don't have nothing more to give you. He closed the door, and they were left alone. Lundar walked to the short table by the window, where he tried to smooth the note before reading the words, Jordel the Wanderer's Plea. He breathed in quickly. Jordel had been here. As he proceeded to read the rest of the note, he knew that their time in this town would not be short. Okay, so to, to continue our talk about handouts, how, how do you make them? Uh, you know, if you're going to use them in a variety of ways, as if a handout had just come out of a book, or is just a shred of paper that they found on the side of, of a road or something, or, or maybe is almost something written on the back of animal, uh, like animal hide. Whatever it is, you're probably thinking, oh my goodness, this sounds like a drag. <laughs> or, or at the very least, it sounds like a pain, right? And so with that being said, I, I just want to encourage you that you can use uh, you can use so many different materials for handouts, right? We, we're, we're really lucky in the way that, you know, many of us do have a craft store somewhat nearby, right? 
we have at least a few <laughs> uh, here in Utah that is pretty uh, cl close, right? Um, but even if you don't, there's a few other ways to make it happen. Uh, for example, I, I know that there's a few, you can download a few graphic backgrounds that you can actually place on on a paper. So they'll actually get like printed along with the words that you type on it. Um, that's certainly an option. Another option is just good old fashioned getting some, you know, more rough, maybe cardstock paper, uh, so they can go through a little bit more abuse or at least, you know, some construction paper and then just, you know, doing stuff to it bake it in the oven for a little bit on a low temperature, maybe even, you know, spill a little bit of liquid on it. Uh, I know a lot of times this is kind of a random uh, thing, but I remember that I once, when I was trying to make a paper look old, I mixed some, uh, just a little bit of, I forget if it was just like coffee grounds or, or like actually a little bit of cocoa, whatever it is. I just did like barely anything. I put it on a piece of paper and then I baked it and it really brought out that kind of brown quality. Of course, I also crumpled it as well. So that it had that weathered kind of feel to it. Uh, there's a lot of different options and, and sometimes it's okay to make a paper look nicer, right? Um, and even there's some wonderful fonts, because uh, I think I was talking about handwriting before and people being worried about it. Uh, I'm in that boat, obviously. I, I think my handwriting's pretty, pretty rough. But if I'm really focusing, I can feign a certain kind of more, you know, fantastical writing, sure. Uh, I think if you're trying to do something that's a little bit more, you know, more of a handwritten note, uh, I think you can get away with, you know, writing it yourself to some extent and just maybe using a different marker uh, or just practicing a specific form of writing. On the other hand, there are some wonderful, you know, in Word, there's a lot of different uh, different kinds of fonts that works super well for what you're going to want, right? There's broken script, uh, uh, OT bold, there's Avalon regular, uh, there's even some more goofy ones. <laughs> uh, frankly speaking, you know, those, uh, those fonts that look like almost, uh, symbols, right? Who's to say that you don't use those and then have the players have to decipher a puzzle from them? Do you love these podcast episodes but aren't always able to listen to them? Do you learn better reading information rather than listening to it? Here's what you can do. Go to sessionzerostudios.com slash newsletter. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. You'll get tips and tricks sent directly to your inbox in written format that you can read and reference whenever you want. You'll get tips that we don't share on the podcast and bonus techniques that, frankly, no one has ever heard before. Again, sessionzerostudios.com slash newsletter and uh, get those free tips and techniques right to your inbox every week. Right. You, ha you have a lot of options there. And whatever it is, just, you know, find out what is within your, in your comfort zone, do that first. And I think you'll find with time that you can do a lot more and, and get a lot more creative. Uh, but once again, you'll only be willing to do this if you think of worthwhile handouts that will 
uh, really get your players involved. So, you know, be creative first off with like what you want to be in a handout. And then you'll get the motivation necessary to make it look sick, right? To make it look authentic. Uh, and so I, I guess just in ending here, I would just like to say that uh, that you should definitely find an opportunity to use handouts, right? Uh, just something tactile that the players can can use aside from dice, aside from minis, and that they can read. In doing so, I think you'll make your adventure a lot more real, but then it's also going to mean a lot more to your players uh, as they have uh, essentially their own little library of memories uh, that they've been able to create with you. And so on that note, I think that you have a lot of handouts to write um, and a lot of wonderful adventures to play. And so I encourage you to roll initiative.